You're watching the Tesla Life live with your host, Mark Coglin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tesla Life number 280. Here we are on the 16th of November 2022. Welcome to the show, everyone. And hey, Patrick, hey. you never cease to mix it up on those entry <laughs> entry uh, <laughs> entry bumpers. That's great. <laughs> I blew out the mic a little bit last time, getting too loud, so I tried to go the other way this time. I, I was wondering if you were protecting your voice because you—that's what I thought. Breathe <laughs> later on or something. I'm not sure, but okay. All right. Well, joining us as he does every week, we have Mr. Casey Green from the DC area. How are you today, sir? Pretty well. Hopefully that's the last time for a couple weeks that you say in the D.C. area. But as you can see, <laughs> stuff is being removed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's well underway to moving. We don't, we don't know if the secret plan is, is, is going to work or not. We're like 90% sure that everything is in line. And by pure luck, we got a phone call yesterday saying, hey, some of the stuff is ready to go. And, uh, and we'll see how that goes. And uh, we got movers coming on Saturday and How's the, uh, how's, the, how's the Starlink system? Is it ready to go to? It's not. I actually need to set it back up and, and tell it the new address. That way, when we get there, it's not an expensive set of bricks. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah. So we'll be, we'll be able to watch your progress week by week because mm -hmm. uh, hopefully you'll have the Starlink set up uh, for that location and uh, we can tune in and you can you can join us. Certainly, I was I was thinking about doing the uh, the the U-Haul trailer with the Model X again, and um, the U-Haul trailers you can't disconnect them from that's from, right from the tow vehicle, and mm -hmm. it's going to be prime travel season, and most of the stops between where our storage unit and where we are are uh, either like pull in or back in, or worse, they're back in with obstacles oh okay <laughs> and, and then there's a handful that have a, a nose in just for the trailers and bike racks etc but prime travel season last thing we need to do is get into fisticuffs with somebody who thought we stole their spot or oh my goodness i don't know how to reverse this tesla with this huge 15 or 17 inch screen uh <laughs> <laughs> well if you have a trailer and it's, it's blocking your view sometimes oh no not me um oh okay some of the fresh people who don't necessarily oh, yes. understand yeah, why they, there's they'll, a, a they'll, nose in spot they'll take the nose in spot just because it's easier for them yeah yeah, yeah. like that guy from florida oh you're lucky we were done eating i'm still gonna take another 15 minutes jack <laughs> <laughs> Yes, PSA, PSA for everybody out there. Uh, those nose-in spots for people pulling trailers, don't use them. Back in, that's most of the spots are back in. And I agree, Tesla needs more pull-through spots. And once the Cybertruck cyber is out there, yeah, it's, they're definitely going to need more of them. And, and they're going to need more than a just a pull-through spot, aren't they? They're going to need a wider pull-through spot. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's not a matter of, oh, why don't you just unhook? Because again, some trailers can't come off. Uh, now, if it was my personal equipment i would make sure it has a, a landing gear and, and a power jack or a crank wait you, you can't remove a u-haul trailer at all not the moving what? vans the the open top crate ones uh -huh. and the vehicle mm -hmm. trailers some of them have landing gear but not any of the vans oh interesting yeah. i think it's a liability thing okay yeah. they don't yeah. want you taking it on and off because you may put it back on incorrectly 
and then sue them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For your own negligence. Okay. All right. Yeah, they put it on there and they take a picture and then they send you on your way. And then when you get back, they take it off and they, they like note anything and hmm. Joining us as well as Ms. Patrick Connor from the left coast. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Hello, Tesla lifers. Uh, so there's just a teeny bit of sun left here. The solar panels are making 0 0.1 kilowatts right now. <laughs> My solar panels are in a suitcase. They're <laughs> <laughs> making zero. Probably, I, I hope, you, I hope you threw a flashlight into that suitcase. At least they can do something. No, because the so, the the, so, the flashlight is solar powered, as in like from those panels. So oh been... man! <laughs> you can't win for losing. Yeah, that's okay. The the rest of the energy right now is coming from the batteries that are at ninety two percent. So uh, so uh, we're so we're coming out coming to you solar powered. <laughs> oh. Whoa! No, no, no. Patrick, you've got yep. how many power walls at your place? Three. Three. Now, yep. on a typical night at this time of year, how much of that 92% would you say you'd burn through to the next day? Like, what what would you burn through? Would it be 5%? Would it be 12%? Do you know? So, yeah. So, we're on time of use. And so, it. Uh, I've got the little chart right here, time of use schedule. You're and, on the uh, dual now, right? We're Not on the, the uh, yes, exactly. Yes. So on the, on the winter schedule. So peak times are from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. So it will discharge the battery during that time. And then, um, and usually by 8 a.m. we're getting solar. So it's a combination of solar and batteries by then. And then uh, like today, it, it was able to fill up the battery completely by like two in the afternoon. So then we were feeding the grid some. And then now it, uh, so, um, Five, from five to eight is peak again. So I'm actually surprised. So so the system is pretty smart. It knows if it's going to be able to make it through the peak time or not. And if it can, it'll start early. So like right now, um, we're on mid-peak. And uh, so it'll be running the batteries from uh, now until 10 p.m. And uh, by 10 p.m., I'll probably be down to like 40%. And uh, so uh, then we go on to off-peak time. And so oh, then I'll be using the grid overnight. Okay. That's when we charge our cars and everything on the on the cheapest power rate. So so uh, I'm never paying for the most expensive power, or and most of the time I'm not even paying for the. There's three tiers, and uh, so almost like 95 percent of my consumption is at the off peak time. There you go, and that uh, works. Yeah, this three pack yeah. here will run my uh, entire networking stack, including all the servers and computers, screens, uh, the wife's TV. All of that for up to 48 hours, usually around 26, and then it, mm. uh, assuming there's no solar, and then it, then it dies. Um, then the other three pack, uh, it'll run even longer because we didn't plug enough stuff in the kitchen into it to make it worth it because they were meant to be somewhere else when we ordered them. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. The, the cool thing about that is, is our off-peak cost is only 4.7 cents a kilowatt hour. That is so, phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the only time I'm paying for electricity is at the cheapest rate. Because uh, it's hydro. Yes. Uh, we have uh, quite a bit of hydro around here and uh, wind as well. Yep. Oh, wind's out there too. Okay. I mean, I know yeah, there's wind, but yeah, I didn't the, know yeah, the wind was a yeah, major component by now. Nice. Yeah, Columbia River Gorge is uh, really windy. Some of the best windsurfing on the planet right there. And uh, there's a, uh, I don't remember the name of the, uh, is it Bigelow Ridge? Anyway, there's a giant wind farm out there as well. There you go. Yep. So yep. I, just, uh, I just learned this weekend that uh, South Dakota has, has uh they they used to be very big on hydro, and now wind has caught up. So it's hydro and wind 
for this middle of the, of the country state, which is not expected when you look at their politics. Yeah, <laughs> right. But they also care about economics. And that's the cool thing about <clears throat> renewables. You don't have to keep buying fuel over and over. So exactly. You, you pay for it once and it pays you back. Why wouldn't you yeah. not want to do that? Because politics is stronger than your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, always. Right. That's the yes. only good reason. And it's not yes. a good reason. It's just the only it's, explanation. Yeah. <laughs> Makes no well, sense let's get started. We got a bunch of news this week, as per usual, and Patrick's got our first story about production of a certain vehicle a lot of people are waiting for. Oh. That's right. So this comes to us from Teslarati, and uh, it's titled, Tesla Ramps Hiring for Cybertruck Production. So uh, we've heard, and this story points out here, how a lot of skeptics say things like, the roadster's never going to happen, the semi's never going to happen, the Cybertruck's never going to enter production. Well, uh, here's some evidence that it is coming. It is going to happen. It is real. As much as it looks like it's right out of a video game or the future or a cyberpunk advent, punk adventure, it's going to happen. So um, Tesla's third quarter update letter indicated that the Cybertruck development has entered the tooling phase. So this was told to us during the uh, earnings call. And now we're actually seeing the... Um, the uh, online job wrecks. So it is It is absolutely happening. And I just thought that was a, a cool milestone. Um, one of the quotes here is that uh, Musk said, we're in the final lap for the Cybertruck. <laughs> I'm not sure how many laps they have to run. <laughs> the <final one. laughs> so some of the jobs include a uh, dimensional engineer, uh, Cybertruck manufacturing operations leader, senior equipment engineer, um, another engineering manager, equipment manager, uh, senior equipment engineering robotics. So uh, yeah, as we know, they have highly automated production as all vehicle manufacturers do nowadays. So uh, you've got to uh, have a, have all those robots and, and people to maintain them and then people to manage those people. And, and uh, it's happening. This is pretty cool. Yeah. So close to a dozen different uh, job titles uh, that they're actively hiring for. Uh, and of course, this is uh, this is uh, Texas, and mm -hmm. uh, we're going to uh, now that we're getting uh, into uh, December. They said they're going to start to roll those trucks, start to come off the line in mid next year. So uh, that means they've got about six or seven months to that deadline. So, mm -hmm. uh, and we know we we saw those photos of the. Um, of the uh, uh, Cybertruck bodies uh, being left out in the parking lot um, to be captured by the drone army, which they were. <laughs> uh, they they apparently have have been seen rolling through the factory in different areas. Uh, I guess they're tracing out uh, the production lanes or how it's going to fit or work, and they've been using those bodies uh, to develop uh, how that uh, production line is going to look. So. Uh, and the great thing about uh, Giga Texas is those huge bay windows that are across uh, on the second and first floors. So uh, those drones are still going to be able to see what's going on, even though it's <laughs> happening inside. So uh, that's going to be kind of cool to see as that production line starts to be put together. Yep, definitely. So you mentioned uh, the, the, the semi and the roadster. So as we all know, the semi is coming out on December 1st. What's new is that uh, if you're a shareholder, uh, you get one entry for each, well, assuming you enter, you get one entry for each share that you own, 
and they they will invite you out to the uh, whoever wins these drawings will they'll invite you out to the unveil of of the production semi on December first. And uh, somebody brought up this theory that I thought would be really cool. I don't know if Tesla will do it, but uh, since the original Roadster, not the original Tesla Roadster, but the original Roadster 2.0 uh, unveiling was at the end of the semi event. Would it not be cool if at the at the out the back of the production semi rolls an updated uh, to keep the whistle wet on on that vehicle? <laughs> <laughs> they needed one more thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Although more this is this is not a Tesla event. It's well, I mean, it is, but it's a delivery event, which is different from like a product unveiling. So yeah. it, it might they they might not want to steal the thunder away from the customer from or the yeah. or yeah from Pepsi or from the the semi. So so maybe not, but we'll see. I it would I would love to see it. I'm not oh, yeah. saying it wouldn't be cool. I'm just yeah. saying there might be other uh, agenda I, items. <laughs> I, I, I still think that one's quite a way off because. They've got Cybertruck uh, to, 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 to get out. They've got Semi to ramp. Uh, they've yeah. got to get uh, the 4680s ramped. They've got they've got a lot going on right now to, to be worried about. I think, I think Cybertruck's going to be their biggest challenge yet uh, yeah. just because mm -hmm. it's completely it's all different. New. <laughs> yeah, all new. Right. Every, yeah, nothing every like of that's it. been done. Yeah. 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 So that's going to be the, the thing where they kind of figure out, oh, we said we could fold this like an origami, and I don't know if we can. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Uh, do you realize we're doing it with steel? Right. We're going to need so, a bigger robot armed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get so, Megazilla uh, to fold it up. <laughs> I watched a couple of small scale uh, brake presses uh, for like smaller parts that fit in your in your arms. And uh, I mean, I can only imagine the machine that can do a whole truck is going to be freaking massive. But yeah, uh, the, the, the concept cool is there the same way that the Matchbox diecast is there for the Model Y. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's not impossible. It's just going to be a challenge. The only challenge that they don't have to worry about is how to paint it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all before they start. Absolutely. But I wonder uh, how, how this will hold up to the, the best salt, paint is salt, no paint. The salt air, like because um, stainless steel will still rust if you put it in that, depending on what um, what alloy they use. And then will this one be completely rust free, or will it be that one that just can't handle? The Considering that these trucks are going to be sold in the north, where uh, you're going to have salt roads uh, in the winter, they better they better go after the best steel. That's the last yeah. thing you want to do is seeing a rusty Cybertruck. Um, <laughs> I would be I would be livid. Uh, they better they better have it down down pat. But yeah, that yeah. is that's interesting. I, I have heard from others that um, that the truck, uh, the, uh, if you get a scuff um, on it, you're supposed to use a Scotch Bright pad. Do mm -hmm. not use steel wool. If you use right. steel wool, the steel gets embedded in the aluminum, and that will rust. Yeah, it mm -hmm. won't be it won't be the aluminum, but it'll be the embedded steel uh, from the steel wool. So there's it's actually and, aluminum, and the other right? thing it's, the other thing to keep in mind is this thing's much. going to be hot in the summer. Oh yes, but but, it's but it doesn't have door be, handles. It doesn't have. Door it's handles. going to be a skillet. So <laughs> we're gonna have all sorts of things about you know kids leaning up on it or touching Ooh. it in the summer because they're not <laughs> gonna be aware of it. It's gonna be a hot vehicle. So yes, you you may want to think about if you have kids uh, is to have a wrap put on it because uh, that's it's it's gonna be something to consider. Yeah, but but it's a good thing we'll wait until it starts to roll out to see for sure. Next, Casey's yes. got our story about salvage Teslas and a change yes. that has happened. So years ago, 
you could get your salvage Tesla certified by Tesla as safe, as good to go. And when you did that, they would turn the uh, supercharging back on. Or if it was scheduled to be turned off, they wouldn't schedule it anymore. And then something happened a little ways ago, uh, probably after the Richery Bills made, made salvage Teslas popular. Um, they started removing the the supercharging from these salvage cars. And even if you paid for the inspection, and then they would say, yeah, sorry, yeah, it, it looks good, and then send you on your way. Then they, they went a step further than that. They started just it, removing the superchargeability from any car that had a salvage title. And that inspection was not cheap, right? It was not, yeah. And this was mm -hmm. cars that had already had the inspection, had already been proven that they were okay to go, and Tesla was then removing it from them as well as, as, as they were going and doing their audits. Uh, so... There's been a change, and now the inspections are back. They, they, they do the inspection uh, to make sure that the car and the high-voltage battery are safe. And then they do another inspection to make sure that the charging system is safe. If it passes both inspections, they will go ahead and re-enable your supercharging. And as it should be. Yeah. As it should be, yes. And uh, if you fail an inspection, they will put the car back together, like whatever they are opening up to inspect, and then they will fail you and send you on your way, disable supercharging. Oh, you... the part that I read was that they would also say, "Here's what needs to be fixed, and here's yes. how much." Yes, and, and they'll offer to fix it for you. It. Right. Yeah. So while yes. they've got it open, you've already got half the labor done. So just might as well let them do it. And then, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, if if everything gets put back together, either they make the changes, or you pass with flying colors, or or they do, you know, hey, install part B, or tighten this down to this torque, and then then you're good. And then something goes wrong, uh, they are not allowed to buy policy. They're not allowed to then re-disable supercharging on you. So then that way, whatever happens, you can fix that whatever and not have to get another inspection. So I think this is even better than the original program uh, as far as functionality to the owner. And it, it makes more sense to, to recycle these cars than, than to just throw them away. Absolutely. Especially if it's a non-collision totaling. Like if you have a Jealous X, this is always my... my uh, I've never had this happen, but if... Uh, like, like, you know, they scratched Cheater in the side with the key and they've dented every door panel with your golf clubs... And, and so the insurance company says, oh, that's going to be about 60 grand of repair. We're not going to mess with that. Totaled. you got a perfectly functional car. And if you don't mind that it's got stuff on the side or you can put some house paint on it or whatever, because you know, <laughs> why put the real stuff on it at this point? Uh, <laughs> no, do not take painting advice. Repair advice. For no, 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 show. no. That's not, that's not repair advice. That's just saying, like, if it's already totaled and, and, and you don't want it to say cheater and, and, and there's no point in putting real good paint on it, then... Anyway, so, uh, so you just get a roller in your leftover yeah. eggshell from your house painting. Yes. So any, anyway, you've got this car that has no structural damage, uh, but is ugly as sin. Um, Tesla previously would have removed your supercharging when they found out that your insurance company had paid out on it. And, right. and now you can get them to look at it. They'll say, oh, boy, that's ugly. And they'll test it and they'll say, here you go. Enjoy your supercharging, son. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, part of the reason I use that example is that is also the scenario that like the straw that broke the camel's back that got us uh, sentry mode. Uh, I mean, there was all the, the quarter window smashing on the Model 3s, but there was mm -hmm. a blue Model 3 with a case of mistaken identity. I guess the guy had bragged, I have the only blue one in town. And then somebody else got a blue one and, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> His insurance company didn't total it, but it was a mess. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's that's good news uh, because yeah, yeah, if if it uh, if it was totaled and um, they wouldn't 
uh, allow you to supercharge, certainly the value would go down and less people would be interested in using it as a, as a used vehicle. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and he ended up with a lot of cars prematurely parted out. So after, after mm-hmm. uh, Richard pointed out that, uh, Hey, I made this thing popular and now that you guys are all doing it. And now that Tesla is turning off all the supercharging, uh, you were finding that as they went through auction, a lot of them were coming in without batteries because people were taking them and putting them in other cars or in projects. And mm-hmm. so, Hopefully this will allow more functional cars to, to get in there and allow us to get to what kind of future, Patrick? That's right. A future free from fossil fuels. Yes. And that means affordable cars, which means salvage and repairs are going to be a part of what keeps things going on the road. Yeah. Because with a, with a fossil, I mean, you could buy like a really nice car for, for pennies, repair it in your backyard for uh, a half a year, a couple months, depending on how much time you have to work on it for, for again, pennies. And then you mm-hmm. could take it to Ford or whoever and get it certified, get your insurance on it. And then, I mean, why let these things rust away when they're uh, either completely clean, like like the like the, the old EVs, or cleaner than what the person might have had before with the, with the case of the fossils and the hybrids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Uh, next, we're going to talk a little bit about the Semi, which uh, Casey's already mentioned is going to be released December the 1st uh, at... Uh, mm-hmm. At uh, most likely, what, Frito-Lay? Um, um, I thought the event was going to be at uh, Giga Nevada. Oh, cool. That Smart. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So Pepsi's got to drive it home. That's right. <laughs> Here's your keys. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> Speaking of keys and, and, and this article, I don't know if we're going to discuss it or not, but um, the, 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 the key is it's a, it's a Model 3 underneath all this, except it's got two screens. So the key, the, the, the apps for the, the entries for uh, phone key on Android and, and iOS are already in your app. Uh, so when, when the time comes, they do another, another update and you can actually add your key to this truck. I, I thought you were going to say it's based, since it's, it's based on a Model 3, there's three Model 3 key fobs. You got to press them all in succession to get it started. Right. Unlock A, unlock B, unlock C, now you can go in. One for, each, three vehicles. one for each door and the other one's for the front. I got the front fob. I've lost the left door fob. But uh, anyways, the... Uh, there has been uh, an update to the uh, Tesla app, uh, and it gave some interesting um, perspectives uh, into the modeling of the uh, the semi. So uh, what I'm going to do here is just uh, share the screen. And there we go, share. Boom. And here's a screenshot that was taken of the interior cab uh, mm-hmm. of the uh, of the semi. Uh, you can tell there's the fire extinguisher attached to the uh, the back of the door area. And then you've got the the huge elephant ear, of course, uh, rear view mirrors because they are still required at this point. No, nothing's changed there. And we've got our uh, double screens uh, on either side of the steering wheel. And if this if this uh, seat looks a little bit funny, that's because it is in the center of the vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. This is certainly going to help them with uh, if the truck is sold elsewhere in Europe or someplace else where the seat has to be on the other side, they won't have to do that. It's just one placement of the seat for wherever the truck is sold since it's mounted in the middle. Yeah. Is this thing working again? Uh- <laughs> 
you, you were talking about key fobs, and then I, I, I was like mute or something. Um, I, I was saying that it, I don't see any companies paying the $200 per fob per person. But at the same time, if it's like the Model 3 where you can get 10 keys, uh, that means you can get eight eight drivers per, per truck. So you yep. might do that. Another thing of interest uh, is it does show a charger flap door in this insert photo. Yeah. So you can see the flap is open, <clears throat> exposing the, the charge port. And then one other thing I wanted to mention was the massive elephant size um, sunscreen uh, yeah. that is uh, <laughs> that looks like it stretches the entire window, which makes complete sense. It does. Uh, but uh, it'll be able to flip down, and that is that is a big sunshade, uh, bigger than I've seen before. Typically, they're divided into two. Yeah. Uh, or in some cases, they're affixed to the window as well. So this is this is on the inside, though, a little bit different. I was speaking with my mom this weekend, and uh, the truck she drives is brand new, and she she was complaining that the visors are smaller than the ones in your car. Like she says, they're probably there just for like legal compliance, and that's it. How lame! Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, when, when you're on the road as often as truck drivers are, uh, you certainly need something uh, that's uh, that's going to work in all situations uh yeah. not just uh you know the occasional oh the sun's in my eyes for you know two two minutes you gotta you gotta have something that's that's uh built uh for the job yeah they uh they were also like saying for sure this is gonna be the uh the mcs2 connector that we saw on the uh, frito-lay supercharger but um I, I don't know that i get that from this picture other than that it's a rounded rectangle but with the that monstrosity in the middle, it could still be the triangle of the MCS3. Yep. Or, I don't know, my car draws itself with black seats, and it's got white seats, so maybe it's an old render. Who knows? So that's, again, coming up December the 1st. First. Um, so that's just a few short weeks away, a couple weeks away now. So looking forward to that uh, unveil coming soon. Next, Casey's got a story. Speaking of chargers, um, what's this yeah. about the, the new charger? So this new charger is called the NACS, or North American Charge Standard. It might be a little familiar to you. Let's, uh, let's load up a picture. Just a little. Yeah. Let's see here. Ah, I don't have the article I wanted. Uh, I'll, I'll use this one instead. I was going to go to the Tesla blog. Uh, there we go. This is what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, or cars yeah. Cars. This, is, this is what it looks like. That, Does that I've look familiar? That, I've seen that before. <laughs> so this used to be known as the TSLA2 connector or or the Tesla charger. Why was it two? Because the Roadster had the Tesla 1 connector, which was something right. entirely different. <laughs> and um, so Tesla has decided to, to, to gift this to the community. Uh, it is, is They've submitted it with several standards bodies. We learned some things about this connector that we didn't know before. Uh, when we were all uh, kind of rooting for CCS, like you might have heard me on this show suggest that perhaps the Cybertruck might have a CCS connector. Now I no longer believe that because mm -hmm. we learned that this connector can do one megawatt of charging, as is, with no liquid cooling on the inlet. Uh, so that means that the vehicle itself doesn't have a liquid cooled charge port, just the, the handle and, and, and the tubing. Right. Also, we learned that it's capable of bidirectional charging. And we learned that it's completely compatible with the CCS signaling. And uh, 
there were a couple of nerds on the internet that uh, were discussing with me, and they pointed out that you literally can replace your CCS inlet on the vehicle with a NACS inlet, and you're good to go. It also supports plug-in charge, the standard plug-in charge, not, not right. the special Tesla thing. So uh, we learned from Tesla's announcement that there are a couple of charging vendors that are already working to install this on their stations. And uh, to go even further than that, we learned that EVgo is using Tesla's plug-in charge implication uh, instance or implementation. Implementation. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> their implementation mm -hmm. um, of the of, of the standard plug-in charge on the CCS equipped Teslas, as well as I'm assuming that when they put this cable in, they'll be even easier. Uh, you, you'll set up the account and and you plug in just like at the supercharger. It knows who you are, what account, and starts billing your credit card. Uh, just like you're used to, except that EVgo rates. So it happens to be that they have a free weekend or you're at a place where the Tesla is just like blocked or overcharged compared to what's available. You plug that in and you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, they they didn't have a charge on this, um, but a dollar charge on this. There's no licensing fee. No licensing fee. You don't have to give them an email. You don't have to give them $20,000 to see the blueprints. They had the CAD drawings. They had the tech specs. They had a, a human readable, like, so you can, you know, as an executive or giving it to an executive, you can read it in uh, 30 pages or less. And I say 30 pages, those are mostly pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I finished yeah, it that's in not an hour. executive summary. 30 pages is not <laughs> true. But, but I mean, there's enough there that an executive yeah. could make their own summary on it. Sure. And, 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 and this is exciting. A lot of folks are like, oh, well, Tesla keeping the patent. Yes, uh, typically with a, standards, uh, with a standard like, like this, uh, the, the, the company does keep the, the patents. And the only real stipulation, if you're violating their agreement, uh, would be that would be when they come after you. And, and the agreement didn't seem to, to be anything on this one. Right. So, so they've licensed it to this standard. But then if yeah. you were to take their proprietary stuff and then go make your, uh, or, or even take the standard and then go make a proprietary solution, that's the advantage that they have by holding on to that. Right. Yeah. And, and especially in, in Tesla's case, like uh, if you did that and then tried to sue them for the original, that, that's happened in the past, uh, just gives them a little extra protection and, and steering ability for, for if they want to, hey, let's make this a two megawatt charger. And then they can say, hey, here's what it is. Uh, like so right now- does this mean that your Aptera might come with a, a yes? Aptera, uh, Aptera has confirmed it, and, um, and 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 if you remember a few months ago, we talked about how Tesla uh, um, Aptera was wanting everybody to use the Tesla connector, especially uh, when the U.S. was talking about uh, their charging infrastructure funding. So, uh, yeah, JT says Aptera was giddy over this. Uh, I bet. Also, also, didn't know that they uh, put that much voltage headroom in the connector really shifted my opinion on it. Same, same. That's why I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, maybe it's time to go CCS. But uh, this can go way higher than CCS is currently allowed to go. Uh, and Tesla has tested it, tested it themselves up to 900 amps. So not even the full uh, 1,000 amps that they say that should be no problem without any further engineering. Uh, part of the specification is they, they, they want your drop test to be done in the real world on concrete and asphalt and whatever else you're going to put your, your, your handle on. They want you to test it in the real world uh, at a station with a handle on it uh, with a cable on it not just throwing the handle on the on the lab floor where it's probably okay because it's like smooth linoleum <laughs> right it works great on our carpeted floor i don't know what happened <laughs> <in the real. laughs> yes and, and again no fees no you just literally go download it and build it yourself and you're fine and but if you want they gave you part numbers and they will build it for you for a fee so take your choice That's yeah this is cool. this is great news uh, it's just that it's a little too late, I think. 
No, I, um, I, I, I understand. That, that was an argument, but uh, they they pointed out in their announcement that currently in the U, in North America, I should say, sixty uh, percent of the the deployed EVs already have the NACS port. So at this point, it would be a matter of ego and pride to keep somebody from switching over. Uh, no, that, no, that or them to mind, fail. Keep in mind that sixty percent, they're Tesla owners already. Right, mm-hmm. right. They're Tesla cars. Right. Plus, plus. So the, the guys, the guys that are making non-Tesla cars, that that they're not in that sixty percent. Right, and that's why I said it'd be a matter of 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 pride and and, and politics if they didn't switch. Except if uh, if their whole thing is we have to use a standard it, connector. It, it could also be marketing agreements that they've already made with CCS. Uh, it yeah. could be number of parts that they've purchased, or yeah, it could be it could be the parts to buy. It could be the parts and stuff, but but. Um... But I don't think it would be like marketing agreements because because the, the the CCS is like a generic standard and, and and they've applied to do that. So the other thing that might sink this is if if uh, the standards bodies they submitted to reject it, uh, and then it's no longer a standard. I mean, it's a, functionally a standard, but it's not. Hey, I'm going to go to this book, SAE, uh, um, Japanese automakers, uh, Korean automakers. And it's not in the book. Yeah. Then they then they can't really they can say, oh, it's not a standard because it's not in the book. Like I think it makes complete sense uh, for the um, the the size of it, the yeah. weight of it, mm-hmm. um, cost, the, cost, because there's no the, moving parts. Yeah, it's, it's the, physical, <laughs> the physical size is is what is a huge win uh, for if you've ever moved around a CCS charger mm-hmm. plug. It's massive. It takes or it takes a lot of muscle to get yeah. it into the plug properly and. And, Especially if it's uh, cold. You know, if it's cold, it oh charging. man! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if 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 it's cold out, and that cable is uh, tough to move around. It's it's a heavy weight to slug around to get into the side of your car. Yeah. But um, I just think I I I wish they did. I sooner. wish that, I agree. <laughs> I wish that Tesla had done it sooner. And I remember the part uh, when uh, when I think it was um, one of the uh, charge port or not the port, one of the uh, charge networks. Showed up with a Tesla adapter on the side of their yeah that was ChargePoint I believe I think so and because EVgo was allowed to continue and ChargePoint was they were slapped and said <laughs> yeah. stop but yes. but they should have switched at that point it yes. should have been two two and a half years ago yeah. um it's going to be tough but but I would say that that manufacturers that are just starting like Aptera and yeah. others that are just getting out of the gate this will be a viable solution I would agree. Yeah, and now they don't have to pay into the supercharger network. They just put the port on. So I think this will help for for deal- uh, dealers, for for automakers that, that that customers keep complaining that they don't have a charging network, and they keep mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, we don't build fueling stations." Now they don't have to have that argument. Just put this out there, and now you've got the biggest one in the world. Uh, the other thing I didn't point out is um, the we've only ever seen the 500 volt uh, edition of this because Tesla packs run at 400 volts or so. There's a thousand volt connection. Uh, it, it's it, the the thousand volt sockets will fit the five hundred volt cables, and the five hundred volt um, sockets will fit the thousand volt cables, uh, vice versa. And so that that's pretty cool. So now the whole argument that Porsche had is like, oh well, we mm-hmm. have eight hundred volts. Hyundai said the right. same thing. We have eight hundred volts. You can't help us. Well, put the right connector on it. You can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this. Uh, was an interesting discussion on Twitter that I had with John Volker. Uh, mm. You guys know John Volker. He's from I saw that one. Reports and he, he uh, was he was taking the opposite stance to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, he implied something. I'm a lot. You guys can read it. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that Tesla was doing this 
to get other charging networks to put Tesla plugs on there so that Tesla owners could have more places to charge. Yes. And it wasn't in um, that, <laughs> Not that, certainly, that certainly could be the result. Uh, and, and if you own a Tesla, that's great. And if those charging networks get more revenue, that's good for them. Uh, yeah. If the, it, if it allows more people to drive and charge their EVs, that's good too. But uh, instead, if we really say Ford were to maybe not adopt this completely, but say make it an option and then yeah. buyers could make their own decision love that. buying a Ford vehicle, whether they want a CCS or an NACS. And uh, it would take some sophistication for them to understand what the difference is. Um, so uh, anyway, I, I, I but, don't but next think to the option. They can say, you know, this will save you uh, $20 and uh, you can charge at 50,000 stations in the U S Right. Here's network 10, A. Here's network B. Which one do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and more people are going to pick Teslas. Uh, yeah. 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 And how can yeah. they point it out that it does that it's advertising for Tesla? But it doesn't have to be. Like you could still not put the Tesla superchargers in your in your in your map, and <laughs> they just show up at at EVgo and 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 charge uh, charge America, and and then they they happen to go to a supercharger which they already have been doing for years anyway, and they plug in. They'll actually work. But you haven't been right. advertised for Tesla, right? Yeah, the 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 vehicle manufacturers can put whatever charging locations in their vehicles that they want. It, they'd be dumb not to use this vast, the, the most abundant network that we have. Uh, so yeah, especially, that was especially a, those ones that say, "Oh, we don't make fueling networks." That right. would be extra stupid for them not to put it in there. <laughs> right. If you don't want to get into that business, then let Tesla and Electrify America and EVgo and others do it. And we need to make this very easy for people. If we want to get beyond early adopters who are willing to put up with all this and know all the specs and know the different types and know what means what and which ones are AC and which ones are DC and what voltages do what, uh, that's not going to be mainstream. If you expect people to understand even the difference between kilowatts and kilowatt hours, it's not yeah. going to be mainstream. I mean, most people don't know what octane is, just more is better. And that's all they need to know with kilowatts when they go to a charging station. It's more is faster. Right. And, and this, uh, this, this also works with, um, because this is an AC and DC connector, yes. they just have to put, you know, the, the home chargers right now for, you can put 10 or 20 kilowatts on them. And then they just happen to get faster and faster at the, at the public ones. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. This, this, this connector is smaller. It's more manageable. It's um, one of the, big problems with charging networks and I ran into this multiple times with the leaf was reliability. If you are depending on someplace and you go there and it's broken down. Um, one of the points I made to John was uh, Tom Alagni. Uh, he's another big person in the EV community. He had just gone to a, a location that had 10 stalls. The whole place was out. He left there, went to another spot that had three stalls and two of the three were out. So 12 out of 13 stalls were down. Yeah. And Kyle Connor went to a station that had just been installed and it took him four tries before he could get a charge at a brand new station that was commissioned right. and like they advertise, Hey, it's open. Right. Yes. And uh, Tesla's reliability is just far better than that. And that's what you need is a reliable network. Yeah. So and, and, and typically, unless there's like a catastrophic event, like a, like a regional power outage, uh, when you get to a, or, or somebody blocking all the stalls, typically when you get to a Tesla station, if there is one with a problem, uh, there'd probably be two or four. Um, exactly. The rest of them still work because the minimum install right. size is four, and I think it's now six or eight. The biggest problem you have at Tesla stations are you might have to wait in line, right? <laughs> Especially in California, <laughs> if you're in California. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. Well, next, uh, Casey's got a story about uh, V. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can I make one more point? Yeah. Go um, ahead. Uh, so in 2017, I wrote an article you called did. Why Tesla's Charging Network Should Be Everybody's. And so I went through the, the various ones, what their networks were, uh, what the capabilities were, and how uh, Tesla just, they were the only ones that had a plug and charge. Uh, you didn't have to fiddle with all this other stuff. They had the better, most reliability and how uh, we should stop doing anything else and everybody should switch to Tesla. So the first step to making that happen has finally happened. And I took that old 2017 article, put a new uh, update at the beginning yeah. and recycled it. <laughs> Uh, and so if you go to Cars with Cords right now, that's the article you're going to see at the top is why Tesla's network should be everybody's network. So I oh. think it was just really cool that, that yeah. uh, it's, it's happening. At least I hope it happens. One more point on this before we move on. Um, a lot of folks are asking, well, what's different between this and when Tesla said that they were going to open their patents? Uh, if you remember the whole argument that Steve Ballmer and everybody else had with, at Microsoft about why they didn't want to use Linux and open source, about how it was a cancer and it would uh, make all of their stuff open source by, by just by touching it. Microsoft found a way around that, but uh, it was true for Tesla patents. If you use a Tesla patent at Ford, all of Ford's patents were open, at least to Tesla, if not everybody. So I'm not sure that's true, but it's, okay. it wasn't, it wasn't the... on its face, but there, like there were enough lawyers that went in and said, this is a threat. Uh, it's, it's not so immediate if you do it, but that was a very real threat. And that might've been why, aside from pride, that we didn't see anybody use any of Tesla's patents. Right. So now if this is a published standard, they're using the standard. They're not using a Tesla uh, proprietary technology with some uh, uh, patent license based on a tweet from Elon. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like this one has published. It's like this is here. And right. They published standard. Yes. Yeah. And there's going to be all kinds of uh, licensing addendum as, as part of that standard. And, and the, so they'll know what they're getting into for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so Mark led me into uh, FSD Beta 11 is rolling out. It started nice. at 11.11 on November, which is the 11th month, 11th. <laughs> <laughs> it's version 11. <laughs> <laughs> must, must, must do that on purpose, obviously. And, it should be uh, version 11.11, .11, of course. I was saying that too, <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the wide release would be 11.1. 11.11.1. Um, so, so what's special about this? Well, remember the reason we were on version 10 for so long was uh, we didn't have single stack. And mm -hmm. all we've seen is like one screenshot of, of, uh, an owner's, uh, of an owner's car, but the owner is an employee. So we didn't see the, the full list of what's in there. But it's looking like single stack is in there. And what that means is that you can use the FSD beta code on the highway. And in the description, they were talking about how, how the FSD beta, uh, sorry, how the nav on autopilot uh, it's four years old. It's it's yes. It's mature, it and mm -hmm. it hasn't been touched because they were working on FSD beta, <laughs> and and so everybody's excited to see how it performs. Uh, uh, people are asking about ASS, which is what um, Elon calls actually smart summon, and I'm sure he made that acronym up on purpose. If you put <laughs> them together, he's immature and <laughs> likes immature jokes. Who does? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and and then uh, and then with that, um, uh, so actually smart summon. Uh, auto park should be something better than a snail. If you've ever used either the blind or vision auto park, I've, I've used both in the same car. Um, and then eventually, not in this release, but eventually with this series, we should hope to see park seek or um, what did he call it? Um, auto park 
Bay, not Auto Park Beta, but uh, people called it Reverse Summon, and that was wrong yes. according to Tesla and and Elon. Um, but that what, what people are calling Reverse Summon that should show up at some point for testing. Uh, explain what that is. What is Reverse Summon? So go away and park. Right. So if you've heard of Smart Summon, where you open up your app and call the car to you, uh, the 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 park seek mode, you'll you'll get out of your car, and in Patrick and Maya's case, uh, the door will close itself, and then the car will go off and read the signs and look for empty parking spots and park. Uh, for a Model 3 or anything else, you'll have to shut your door like a plebeian, and then <laughs> it'll go park itself. <laughs> Oh, I hope it's oh the enough. trials and tribulations of owning a car and having to shut your own door. <laughs> I Terrible. hope it's smart enough to not park in ADA spots. Uh, that that, was, that, that would... one I think should be pretty easy to, to handle if, um, if they've so. got the signage. And then hopefully they've also, for the one, there's plenty of places that have the, have the space painted, but no signage because I think that's terrible. Uh, but hopefully those two are covered. Plus, uh, as we are able to submit uh, they'll find all the freaking edge cases, and um, ho hopefully, with the uh, they'll be able to read all the signs. They claim they can, but hopefully, they'll be able to read all the signs with the different logic and excuses for when and when you cannot park. Cool. Yeah, uh, it'll be fun to see this. Or so what'd be really nice is if they take the parking tickets on their behalf. Hey, just send them to us. Unlikely, as well as the century footage to prove that that we did it. <laughs> what are we looking oh. for time wise? Is this is this rolling um, out now? So Elon says by um, did he say by Thanksgiving or by the end of the year? Um, he, he tweeted later to to roll sounds out like he would have said two weeks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he said this is an all new code and it's gonna it's gonna be uh, there's a lot going on. We're gonna be extra cautious with the rollout. Blah blah. You know Elon speak and. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't. I don't so know we're talking about a limited few at this point, and it's just yeah, going to. They're all progress. employees so far. Yeah. Okay. All employees. Right. So we have to so see far. it go to the uh, the trusted few after the that. The safest drivers that have never <laughs> passed the safety <laughs> test. <laughs> then right. the people who pass the safety test. Casey's not bitter. You can <laughs> tell. No, no, no. <laughs> You're not on the cool kids list, huh? <laughs> right. Right. And then, and then after that, uh, then it'll go out to to pretty much everybody else um, with the standard staggering to make sure that uh there was a recall recently recall um where uh in 2020.36 and change um like for legacy cars like mine and patrick's they messed up the power steering and if you hit a hit a pothole or a speed bump or something it would um it would turn off your power steering to protect itself and um Tesla saw this because they 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 received they like why are all the cars in the fleet that are ancient uh, receiving um, power steering disabled and they saw this they fixed it everybody had the patch by the time they had to to do the the, the reporting uh, but in December you'll receive a mailing telling you that your car was recalled and is already fixed <laughs> oh man that just, that's a waste of paper Send yes. me an email come on I, 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 yeah. I, I understand that's to the letter of the law but we need to uh, revamp. I, I still want to know this stuff happened, but we, we need to revamp how this is done. Maybe quarterly I can get an email saying, hey, this is what we fixed before you even knew about it. Or um, more urgently, hey, this is what's coming up. And if you don't do it by, you know, say three weeks or however urgent says you need to get it done, then they mail you, call you, all that stuff. Um, and then they finally do it like say, hey, come into the dealership. But Right. Yeah. Like if you park your car in a Faraday cage and it hasn't yeah. been updated, then I can understand sending snail mail. But anything yeah. other than that. No. But but when you say that literally 100 percent of the affected cars are repaired, I mean, this happened to Ford the other day, too. Like like they had a fix and it was one of the ones they could push down without bothering with the dealers. 
and, and it was fixed before they had to make their announcement. And our our system is just <laughs> made made for the nineteen hundreds. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, just like uh, Derek and I, we got to shut our own doors. 1900s right. technology. <laughs> so, so the, one the, of these over here. The, 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 the other, the other, there the other, it is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the other large uh, bit of news about this, uh, this, this update is it finally brings us FSD beta peasants to uh, <laughs> up to the same uh, release code as you guys who who didn't uh, fall for the uh, the FSD sucker program and. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been getting all these features for a year. You're like, oh, hey, I can change the color of my car. I just got that like three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> but all of the cool stuff that the cool kids have been getting, we finally get some of that stuff with you because we're now at Parity for now. And uh, this is exciting. Yep, cool. that's going to be a, a welcome uh, addition for sure. But uh, we'll have to see how quickly it starts to roll out. So yeah. I hope that Cybertruck uh, will close its own doors and not just open them, because that would be a shame to see them just open and then these to that. Well, yeah, once they have the motor to open them, they, they, there's no reason not to have it auto-close when you step on the brake. But we'll have these. I found my uh, icebreaker again. Icebreaker, nice. <laughs> Don't stick your finger in there. Yeah, Do not. Clear. Do not let it bite clear. you. <laughs> Next, Patrick's got a story about another Tesla item that has just recently become available. Oh, that is right. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> when uh, Mark sent out the uh, notes for the show and with all the uh, article links, uh, and I'm supposed to be reading them and prepping for them, I saw this one. I immediately stopped what I was doing. I went to <laughs> shop.tesla.com and I ordered what's going to be my uh, my uh, winter solstice present. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, uh, if you can share that. I will share the photo. Oh, I was waiting for you to, like, I didn't want to, like, ruin your surprise. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, uh, I'll show you what it's going to go with. Yes. So because mine's gone is, is the only reason we didn't uh, order some of these ourselves. That and, and as you see, we're, you know, everything's moving out. I didn't want to yeah. haul glass with us. <laughs> now, it looks like the uh, the glass is on a bit of an angle as well. Yes, you must right. use the stand if you don't have it in your fingers and it's full of liquid. Right. It's, it, I don't know how that one is standing up by itself. I it's leaning on leaning the... Uh, against the... Yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, they're, they're, they're not stable. <laughs> and right. if you drink enough of the tequila, you too will not be stable. Not be stable. <laughs> so, so for those of us on the audio, uh, what are we looking at here? Yeah, so these are shot glasses to go with the Tesla tequila. And uh, they are cyber-shaped or the bottom of the lightning bolt. Let me uh, put it that way. So uh, the Tesla tequila bottle has a really interesting stand. This uses the same style stand and uh, holds these. To, it looks like there's two shot glasses in the set. And there, when, when you ordered the Tesla tequila initially, they did not have these shot glasses. Then they had a, a 420 special uh, where they sold a few more of the Tesla tequila with these. Was it the tequila and, or the decanters? Or both? Um, Oh, was it? Uh, I, I thought it So there was a while where they were selling decanters with nothing yeah. in them because you couldn't ship tequila to some countries or, or to some locations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, instead, people would just buy the empty decanters and then go buy their favorite tequila or whatever they spirit they want or whatever and uh, and fill the bottles with that. So uh, this is now your if you bought the Tesla tequila in its first release where they did not have these and you didn't want to buy a whole another uh, bottle of tequila just to get the glasses. This is your chance. So now you can get the Tesla uh, sipping glasses. 
and uh, good so we'll yeah. have to see how quickly that sells out exactly uh, if you're hearing this and you're interested do not wait do I exactly what i did and i can i tell you that an hour ago they were still for sale <laughs> i'm not sure price for a tesla for a tesla you product. never know I may, I may i may get this into a receiving place for me let's try uh next patrick's <laughs> got another story for us uh, and this one is about an update to the tesla app Oh, that's right. Yes. So um, our friend Green, the only not related to Casey Green at all, uh, at all. has been talks has, sometimes. Been, <laughs> <laughs> has been uh, snooping around in the source code as he does. And uh, he said he was looking for something else. And he stumbled upon the fact that the mobile app source code now hints that the non Tesla supercharger pilot program could be expanding to the U.S., so uh, this is coming full circle here with, uh, we were just talking about um, having non-Tesla vehicles be able to have a Tesla charger charge port. And uh, we also talked about salvage Teslas being able to uh, charge again. Well, now this is yet again, another hint that other vehicles might be able to charge on Tesla's network soon. And they go through what the app looks like in, I think it's Germany where they have this example and uh, how a lot of that code is in the, is being ported to the U.S. app. It's not visible in the U.S. app yet, but uh, it's got instructions in there to tell you to go plug in and then open the app and tell the app which stall you're in. So if you don't have a Tesla, you uh, most likely uh, don't have a vehicle that supports plug-in charge. There are there are some Fords and some VWs, but each of them have their own issues with plug and charge. And uh, so this allows you, if you have a vehicle that does not support plug and charge, to go to Tesla's network, plug your vehicle in, tell the app which stall you're in, have it initiate the session and charge you properly. Uh, both charge your vehicle and charge you fees. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it might be coming soon. And um, that's really cool. Tesla's going to be getting more revenue, getting more use out of their uh, charging network, have uh, Every electric mile is a good mile, whether it's in a Tesla or any other vehicle. It's better than burning burning fossils uh, because we want a future free from fossil fuels. And this yes. is helping us get there. Absolutely. There Absolutely. Next, just going to touch on, as everybody knows here in the northern part of the country, is that uh, winter is definitely coming. And how I know that is that uh, I'm starting to see some winter tires uh, being added to cars. Uh, it's always good to have winter tires if you're in mm -hmm. an area that gets snow often. And mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted to share a photo here uh, that we got uh, recently. Let me just uh, share the screen here. And uh, this is what we call in Ontario Steelies. Yes. Uh, which yeah. uh, which is basically a steel rim. Uh, and they're quite uh, common in Ontario uh, when it comes to winter tires. Because, of course, you're not typically using the winter tire beyond somewhere in the area to three to four months. Um, and then, of course, you're switching back to your all-season tires. But... Uh, <laughs> It, is, it does look hideous, uh, but <laughs> what I will say is that if this is your only choice of having winter tires or not having winter tires, 
I would definitely deal with the Steelies uh, just to uh, allow you to be a little safer uh, when you're driving around. Uh, but if, if you've got the uh, the foresight that you're buying tires, uh, winter tires for a car, you may want to look around and see if you can get a cheaper set of, of alloy wheels. But uh, if you've got if you haven't got the choice, still get the winter tires. It would that be sounds my... a pretty decent deal on their winter tire package with wheels, so you can still have them look nice. Uh, you do have to buy your own sensors, though. I don't know why they don't come with sensors. And oh, um, that's lame. Yeah, those pressure sensors are important, uh, especially in the winter, because uh, when as the temps drop, your uh, air pressure can drop, and if you don't have the sensors, you're not going to know. And yeah, and people are certainly a lot less uh, wanting to be out there with a tire pressure gauge, trying to see what the tire exactly. pressure is at if you <laughs> exactly. don't have a sensor. And and, and uh, in the past, Patrick and I have talked about the cross climate. Uh, twos and the cross climate SUVs, which was all we could get on the Model X was cross climate SUVs. Uh, I went to uh, price out the cross climate SUVs because it's coming up on tire time and they don't offer it at Tire Rack anymore because oh. we've been upgraded to the cross climate twos just like everybody else. So we get the new version. Like the cross climate SUV was just like a, a spec bump on the old cross climate original. So, oh, okay. so now we're on the new hotness. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. And this is the first tire set I've seen for Model X. I've looked at a couple. I haven't looked at them all, obviously. But this is the first tire set I've seen from Model X where the front tires are cheaper than the back tires. It's usually the other way around. <laughs> yeah, Mark, yep. one point about the Steelys there. Um, if you can, when you're buying tires, especially if you're going to be changing them seasonally, you don't want to have to remount the tires yes. onto the wheels twice a year. Um, that can cause damage to that, that inner uh, lining there. And so... Uh, Buy, buy some, even if they're just cheap uh, wheels to, to mount them on. And uh, it's a whole lot easier to change tires that way too when they're already mounted and balanced and all Do that them at stuff. home, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do it yourself, yeah. Yeah. And, and the Cross Climate 2, for those of you who haven't heard us talk about it before, is a uh, is a all-season tire, but it's also a, a winter tire. It's really a winter tire that, that can go all-season. It's got the tri, Tri-Mountain Snow Peak, uh, Tri-Peak Mountain Snowflake. Anyway, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's winter. It's a real snow tire. Um, maybe not the most aggressive snow tire, but it does keep up uh, with other cheap snow tires as, in, in performance, and it does great in the rain and the dry compared to all-season tires, like real all-season tires. Yeah, we went that's on not an ad. Little... That's just what I'm buying next. <laughs> yeah, and that that makes sense. Yeah. It, oh, we did say you could do it yourself, but uh, I want to give a word of warning. Make sure you know where the jack points are. Because your battery's under there. You don't want to be just yeah. jacking up on the battery. Make sure yes. you know where the jack points yeah. are. And if you don't, get a professional. Make sure the professional knows. So the, this is the first EV they've ever seen. Maybe right. you get, you, yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, be careful if with If you that. have a new Model S or X, and if you have a Model 3 or Model Y, um, it wouldn't hurt you to, to pick up some uh, jack pads, which are, they, they slot mm -hmm. into the, to the, to the, uh, the holes in the bottom of the chassis, so you can be sure you're picking it up at the right space. Uh, they're yeah, not needed right. on the on the Legacy SNX because they've got long pieces of plastic there. But if you don't want to take a chance at scratching that plastic, um, that that's a consideration too. But uh, especially on those yeah. new cars because uh, it's it's painted metal, and and if you do it wrong, and and you scratch it, now you, I mean, you might not care about your car, but if you're somebody who, who wrapped it and did all that stuff, you might want to. Spend yeah, a, a ten jack, bucks on a pad. A jack puck is a wonderful thing to have, and yeah, they look like hockey cheap. pucks with dimples on them. Yeah, yeah, hockey <laughs> pucks with little nipples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and our you last story of the evening, we want to talk a little bit about. Uh, this is about Tesla China and yeah. uh, mm. how they are a lot different when it comes to 
social media posts and what they deem as something that they should respond to. There's a Chinese owner of a Model X uh, that had posted that his Model X was basically a suicide toy. And he, he, he went on about how he's, he, the, he doesn't like the car uh, and he finds it that it's somewhat based on the name dangerous. And uh, Tesla China, actually, as they've shown with other people, that have gone on social media and slandered their products, uh, they uh, actually have have uh, been gone to court against this guy. And actually, a Chinese court has ordered him to pay damages uh, to Tesla's name based on the uh, comments that he left out there. It's because it could potentially uh, reduce sales of the vehicle, uh, could put question uh, questions in the minds of future owners, uh, maybe even cause a person not to buy it, just to move on to another brand. Uh, but uh, this is really different than, of course, North America, where really anybody can say anything, um, especially on like you know social media. There's not, there doesn't seem to be too much of an issue if someone is has a, uh, I guess a, a problem with the car. If you, you you can call your car whatever you want in North America. Um, it's just it's just whether or not uh, you go. I guess you could go a certain way, and it would eventually be too far, and you would be sued. Yeah. But um, it is interesting that the Tesla China is is quick on the draw when it comes to uh, these type of events. Uh, remember about the uh, woman that went to the uh, Chinese uh, auto show and uh, stood on the car. Now, obviously, that's a little bit beyond just saying something on social media. But uh, she as well was charged uh, by a Chinese court. And there's been other examples of this as well. Um, I don't think I've heard of that happening in North America. Um, but uh, this is this is kind of, I guess it's a, it, it could be a cultural difference. It could be what um, what is, uh, you know, considered bad etiquette. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. There's a guy who ran for Senate on, on lies about FSD uh in north america and he he received no punishment yet he got a cease and desist from tesla but that was it uh the only the only time i've seen like where, where china doesn't like make you tell the truth and stand up for what's right and all that so far with regards to tesla is when elon was making them mad and uh, then they started banning teslas from places uh because of the cameras uh but as soon as elon did his apology thing and uh now they're buddy buddy again so yeah yeah a little bit different. No, it's little yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, I, someone should be able to express their opinion. And and yeah, I don't agree with this guy, but that doesn't mean that I think he needs to go to court and pay fines. Uh, I'm, I, 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 I like that the opinion needs to be based in fact. Um, well, he he has experienced phantom breaking, and right. and that's what made him say these outlandish things. And uh, th if you get phantom breaking, it could cause you to get rear-ended. I don't know if I would call it a suicide trap, or I mean, right. I think he went to some hyperbole with it. Right. But, I'm, I'm not uh, sure I would support that here, but I, I do like that element of what they're doing, is it has to be based in fact, and then that's pretty cool. Mm. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's a tricky one, because you don't want to allow misinformation, disinformation to run rampant, but you also want to have people to be able to express their opinions. So, uh, 
this is a fine line of you know where do you where do you and and obviously as mark said that that where the line is in china and where the line is in north america are very different yeah different places different continents, if you will uh, yeah. but the, what's also ironic about all <laughs> this continent apart <laughs> uh, the the the, the uh, i'm working on my dad jokes uh, <laughs> uh, the, the other bit of irony with all this is that um when you look at where a lot of the disinformation on our continent comes from it's from those same people who are the ones that are making sure that these people uh, get to justice. So it's like, you're making your own people tell the truth, but you're going to lie to our people. Mm. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm not it's, it's not, a, it's not an even playing field. We know that for sure. But uh, with that, let's wrap her up, guys. Um, Patrick, got any shout outs uh, this evening? Sure. As always, I'm with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association, and I blog occasionally at carswithcords.net. I do want to give one little uh, shout out to uh, Tesla, actually. Uh, obviously, I love Tesla. Uh, and we were going for a drive this afternoon, um, coming around a corner near a lake in this area that was uh, shaded, and the road was frost. And uh, the back end started to slide. I felt the four-wheel drive grip in and right back into the lane beautifully. Nice. That was nice, yeah. And then the other cool thing we we were going off to some adventure spot and uh, we got into this road that was steep in gravel. I just stopped, went over, menu, suspension, high, boop, right up it. It was it was awesome. It was a good time. I love this car. This is <laughs> it's fun times. More, more of this model X elitism. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I have suspension that can change. It's awesome. <laughs> yes. Very cool. Very cool. Casey, any shout outs from you? So I, I had some great experiences with uh, twenty, uh, with uh, FSD beta uh, ten point sixty nine dot two dot four. Since I didn't get sixty nine dot three, they they were really nice. It, it, it's 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 the best one yet for me. Um, it's not as good as the people on YouTube, and I mean, not that I'm not on YouTube, but the the California YouTubers and Elon. I mean, it's not as wonderful as they say. Uh, must be something with my roads, but uh, but it is the best one yet. And uh, you can catch me at uh, youtube.com slash Casey Green, where I talk about FSD beta and do a long form version of this about uh, all of the industry on Sundays at 110 Eastern. <laughs> very good. Very good. And if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up on the video. Press that subscribe button. Help us out. Doesn't cost you a dime. And we will get together next Wednesday and find out what is happening in the Tesla life. Is it next Wednesday? What, when's the holiday for us? And are we going to oh, go anyway? I mean, I'll, I'll go anyway. Oh, that's right. You guys get a holiday. I got a normal day. What you already <laughs> had your holiday, greedy. <laughs> <laughs> already had my turkey. Yeah, the holiday is Thursday and Friday, so maybe we can do it. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, okay. That's a work day for us then. We will get together next Wednesday. Good night, everyone. Cool. Have yourselves a fantastic week. Stay positive. That's negative. I gotta find the button. <laughs> <laughs>